As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read the first two verses. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and verse 2. Are you there? Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and the witnesses being uh, the ones who have gone before us, the one who has paid the price, the one who uh, did not give up, even though they were sawn into and prisoned, beaten up, whipped, and uh, made to be poor, and uh, you know, sent out of the, their own country, sent out of their own homes, robbed and killed for their faith, they did not give up. These are the great cloud of witnesses, and we are surrounded by them. Let us now lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. People ask me, if I run marathons, do you think I run marathons? Well, from my size, you would guess that I don't. I don't run physical marathons. I used to when I was younger. In school, I ran a lot. Ran away from school too. <laughs> so people ask me whether I run marathons and I actually say, yes, I do. I actually run it every day. It's called the marathon of faith. It's the race of life. It's a faith race that all of us in this room, if, especially if we are believers in Christ, we have come into this race. And this race must not only be run, it must be finished. Are we finishers of faith? We must be finishers, not just starters. We must be finishers in this race. If you believe, you say amen. amen. It's called the marathon of faith and I intend to finish it as well. Not only to finish, but to finish strong. 
that I may receive the price, the crown of glory that only God can give me. Now, how is this race therefore run? The Bible says a few things. Number one, it says, let us lay aside the weight. Let us lay aside the weight. That is number one. Number two, let us also lay aside the sin which so easily ensnares us. That's number two. Number three, it says, with endurance. Somebody say endurance. It is to be run with endurance. Number four, it says, looking unto Jesus. And number five, it says, run it with joy. Jesus ran his race for the joy that was set before him. Amen? Run it with joy. Okay. Let's move into the things I would like to share with you. Now, there are a lot of things on my heart that I'd like to share with you, but because of time, uh, we will pick out that which is important. And I pray at the end of the day is that everyone here be encouraged. How many of you are willing to run this race? How many of you are willing to finish this race? Amen. This is a race. We are in a race. And in, uh, like all races, there are challenges. And the greatest challenge is a challenge that wants to stop you from running. We don't want to stop running. We want to keep running till we finish the race. Paul the Apostle said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. What race is this again? The race of faith or a faith race. It's not any other race. It's not a race for success. It's not a race for who can be more good looking at the end of the day. It's not a race for muscles. It's not a race for promotion. It's not a race for titles. It's not a race for position or power. It's simply the race of faith. In a physical race, I just wrote this in my notes. I want to read it to you. In a physical race, the weight most often refers to that on the outside. Yes? When I talk to a runner, he's about to run. When I say, hey, let go all the weight, huh? you know, get lighter. Usually it refers to things on the outside. Because a coach can't really see things on the inside. He sees things only on the outside. Hey, why is your thing so heavy? Hey, why are you wearing a big hat? You know, come on, everything lighter. Come on, hey, why is your shoe so heavy? Everything in the physical race, everything is on the outside. But in a spiritual race, in an emotional race, all the weight is on the inside. Cannot be seen by the natural eye. That's why it's so deceiving. That's why a lot of us, that's why the Bible says, so easily ensnares us. Because it's happening to us without us even knowing, you know. It's happening to us without us even admitting. It's happening to our whole family without us even realizing. It so easily ensnares us. Everybody still with me? So the weight is an easy thing to, to, to look at. The weight is an easy thing to agree upon. On the physical, it's on the outside. But the spiritual always is on the inside. So this morning, I ask the Holy Spirit just minister to you right now. Just minister to you throughout the whole service that He will speak to you on the inside and tell you these weights need to be let go. Sometimes even, you know, lack of self-image, lack of self-identity, lack of self-worth can be, can be a weight. 
Point number two is the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, some of you in this room may not know what that sin is. And I also, for a while, you know, just took it as, okay, the sin. Now, the Bible doesn't say sins. It says sin, which means it's only one thing, you know. And it so easily ensnares us that most of us miss it. Maybe we even disregard it because it's so normal. But there are two things that will stop us from running this race. Number one is the weight. Number two is the sin that so easily ensnares us. Are you all ready for this? Let's study this. So if I ask you a question right now, do you all know what this sin is? Maybe half will say yes, half will say no, or maybe a number of you will say, yeah, I've done this study, I know the, the, the answer. Or maybe some of you might say, oh, Pastor, I've heard you preach it before, I know the answer, that's great. Um, but others might say, you know, this and that, and you have different uh, uh, opinions about what this sin is. Uh, but I want to uh, try to be um, um, integrous uh, to Scripture. So I'm going to have to read a couple more verses and try to pull out from the writer's writing who is writing this chapter. And you know when someone writes a chapter or writes a letter, whatever he mentions, he might explain it along the line. He might use the same word a few times. And then you realize, wow, if you read the text in context, you can get it, all right? So let's now, therefore, read another verse and see whether we can get it. Verse 3. Hebrews 11, uh, 12, sorry. Hebrews 12, verse 3. Let's see whether we can see something here. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Now, listen. Jesus has also run this race, you know, and he has also finished it. So the writer of Hebrews is saying to us, please consider him. How many of you took the communion just now? And when we take the communion, we must consider him. We must remember him. So uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, please consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Less, okay, this is where we're going to, uh, get the answers of what questions we were asking earlier on, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Okay, let's look at this now. He says, lay aside every weight. If it, if it is a weight that causes you to be weary, look at the scripture now. If it is the weight that causes you to be weary or tired, then what is the sin? It's in there. It's in that scripture. That's why, uh, that's why uh, it's so easy to miss that you don't even know that actually uh, the writer is repeating himself. So, if the weight brings weary, sin is what? Some of you don't even dare say it. Some of you don't even dare say it because it's just too easy. That the sin is actually discouragement. I know, I can hear a pin drop now. Let's read on and see whether we can see that word repeated. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, says verse 4, striving against sin, not even with a letter S at the back, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation 
which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be... You're seeing this mentioned twice. And you get an idea of what the speaker really wants to point out. How many of you in this room have never been discouraged? So good. No hands went up. All of us have been discouraged. Next question. When you are discouraged, what does it do to you? Come on. Feel like giving up. Is that not true? But you're running this race of faith. So it's faith. Everything is faith. Faith in giving. Faith in coming to church. Faith in praying. Faith in worshipping God. Faith in going to cell group. Faith in praying for the sick. Faith. Everything is faith. Yeah? Some of you are actually uh, still running although you don't see any signs. Why? Because it's faith. Yes or no? You're still praying for your father's health although you see him deteriorating. Yes or no? What's that called? Faith. You're still believing for a breakthrough in your finances although your finances are going down. The same thing, faith, that will cause you to keep running, the opposite of it is called discouragement that will cause you to stop running. How many of you can actually agree with me that the last time you were really discouraged and you couldn't settle it fast enough, you couldn't overcome it, how many of you would be truthful to me and to God and to yourself this morning to say that the last time I was really down and discouraged, I slowed down? Come on, you're with me, right? You're running, you're running. Everything's alright, everything's fine. You know, your, your marriage is okay, your, your children are okay, your business is okay. And then discouragement comes. It can come through a word of somebody in authority. It can come through, I don't know, you get discouraged. And when you get discouraged, you slow down. You slow down. And some of you even stop. If discouragement will stop you from running the race of faith, if the discouragement will actually slow you down in this race called faith, if discouragement will say, no, la, don't believe anymore, la, no, don't believe anymore, don't be so excited anymore, la, don't be so passionate anymore, why, so be, why be so passionate? I do and do and do and get discouraged. I, don't, I never get any appreciation. I never get a call. I never get a visit. I never get anything. You are discouraged, guys. When you're there, you are discouraged. Have I not been discouraged many times? And every time I'm discouraged, I actually feel like giving up. Even uh, this senior pastorship, uh, I can give up you know, when I'm really down. When I'm really discouraged, we can change church, we can change companies, we can, cha we can even think about ending the marriage. Because you are so discouraged, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You are slowing down and the danger is that you will stop. What does Romans 14 say? Anything that will cause you to stop living by faith is sin. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. I know I can hear a pin drop because everyone in this room has been discouraged before. Some of you are still wondering whether this is the, the, the right word. I just gave it to you just now earlier on. This is what I really believe, friends. This is what I really believe. He says, weight is weary. Weight causes you to be tired. I do not want you to be weary and discouraged. And then he says, those of us are being chastised and disciplined by the Lord, lest you be 
discouraged. Do not continue to let discouragement rule over your heart, your mind, and your life. Because discouragement has only one thing it does. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't do anything else. It stops you from running. Yes or no? Even if it doesn't stop you, it will slow you down. You will find that you're not on fire, not as on fire as you were. You will find that you're not coming early anymore. You used to come earlier. Now you say, nah, forget it, come on time. You know, look at the person who is discouraged. Look at how he speaks. I forget it. I don't believe in it anymore. Yes or no? Why continue? I, uh, they, they, they don't accept anyway. Uh, they don't appreciate anyway. That's the language of people discouraged. Yes or no? You see with your friends, you know that he's discouraged. I, uh, why stay back after service? You know, shake people's hands. Shake for what? I don't believe in all this. Uh. Forget it. Uh. Yes or no? How do we overcome discouragement? We've got to look to Jesus because man will disappoint us. Man will discourage us. I'm telling you right now, I'm reminding you, a lot of you know this. So you've got to keep your eyes on Christ. This race wasn't a race that Kenneth Chin asked you to start. It's him, the Lord. And he himself ran this race. And he himself ran it to the finish. And he now sits at the right hand of the Father, crowned with a crown of great glory. Come on, if you're excited, say amen. amen. We have a great reward waiting for us, guys. It's not your senior pastor that will stand there to crown you. It's not your cell group leader. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. If you're still discouraged, it's because your eyes are still on what that man or woman did to you or said to you. Get over it. Forgive quickly. Because we can't continue to run like this, guys. We can't. No joy, guys. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, my friends, no joy. And whatever that you do without the joy of the Lord, guys, it's just, it's a terrible thing to do. No more joy in the marriage. You know, when Jesus came and did his first marriage, did his first wedding, there was no more wine. No more wine. And sometimes wine speaks about joy. You know, we celebrate with wine, celebrate with there's joy, there's rejoicing, we celebrate. And sometimes the wine runs dry. But Jesus says, turn the water into wine. Put water, water is the word of God. Put, put the water into your life, put the water into your life, put the water into your life. Come on, put the word, just obey, just obey, just obey. Jesus is the word, look to him, Jesus is the word, look to him. Six pots filled with water, just fill it up. Just fill, I don't understand, just fill it up. Water of the word, he is the word, Jesus, looking unto Jesus. That same water pots, you know, were used to wash men's feet and to, it was meant for men. You keep putting your eyes on men. But that day, it became water pots for Jesus. Fill it up. Fill up, fill up, fill up. Fill it up in, to the brim. Yeah, Pastor, I already filled up. Already. I did quiet time about two minutes today. Fill it up. Amen? Not only was the water turned to wine, it was the best wine. The joy came back. The joy came back. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Discouragement has another word. 
You see, Satan wants you to be discouraged. But the proper word that every Christian should look at, the definition of discouragement in God's eyes is called discipline. Not discouragement, it's called discipline. Now, if you don't like that word, the word of God calls it chastening. If you don't like that word, then try the word training. Now, no chastening or discipline seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Everybody agree? Some of you are in pain because of unforgiveness, bitterness. Some of you are in pain because of discouragement and disappointment. Some of you are in pain and it's, it's painful, I know. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields, come on, the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been, come on, you like this word better, right? Train. Ladies and gentlemen, train. All God wants to do is to train us. For an athlete that's going to the Olympics, training is not a bad word. Training is a good word. Because no athlete, no sportsman wants to go into competition, wants to go into marathon without training. So can I give you a sentence that I hope you will remember always? It's a sentence that came to me from the Lord when I was praying. And this will be the sentence. Are you ready? I'm talking about myself now, okay? And you can actually apply it to your own life. I am, listen, I am a product of all my discouragements put together. I know it's deep, but it's simple. You there, seated there, you right now, as I look at you, you are the product of all your discouragements put together. You either choose to take on this discouragement and become more bitter and therefore you're, you're seated there unhappy or you take on this discouragement and you choose to make it better. So I am actually a product of my discouragement. If I had 100 discouragements in my last 40 over years, if I had 100 discouragements, my response to every one of them is what you see today. Did you get that? My response. See, some people react to discouragement. And you react, you react, you react. And you end up where you are right now. If you had a mirror, take it out and look at yourself in the face. But everyone in this room, for better or for worse, we are a product of our discouragements. If there's one, just one single thing, that will keep all of us running and continually running, no matter what happens and no matter what other people say, no matter what other, people's, other people do, what is the one single thing in life that will cause you and I to continue running? It is endurance. I told you many years ago, my father in prison ministry, he would go every Sunday, Pastor Sandra's father also in prison ministry, go every Sunday to prisons, Kajang, you know, uh, uh, Sumai Bulo, go. There's one guy there from Hong Kong. They, in fact, call him Hong Kong. <laughs> they give each other names, no? Hey, where's Hong Kong? Ah? Where's Hong Kong? Ah? You know? Hong Kong got saved in prison. Five years into his prison sentence. But he had a life imprisonment sentence. 20 years at least. 
Hong Kong received Jesus. He was smiling every day. Some of you are not smiling anymore even though you're free. So the one who's really in prison, the one who's really in prison, are the ones seated here. But you can be in prison and free. Hong Kong led so many people to Christ. So many. My father told me. Every time he comes back, he talks about Hong Kong. It's a wonder that I haven't planted a church in Hong Kong. <laughs> Hong Kong did this. Hong Kong said that. People are in prison. Where's the best place to be discouraged? Because there's no hope. In prison, nah. But this man is not discouraged. No? He's found the encourager of encouragers. The inspiration of life found in prison. Hong Kong was finally released because everybody loved him, including the guards, warden. They loved him. He went back to be an evangelist in Hong Kong. Praise the Lord. And my father said, I've seen free men in prison and I've seen people in prison free. Has discouragement brought you into a prison? And is your blame on somebody else or is, are your eyes on Christ? Are we, are we blessed by this? Because yeah. I, I was blessed for the first time the Lord revealed to me. Yeah. I said, yes, Lord, I also... See, yeah, we cannot avoid being discouraged. But we can choose not to live in discouragement. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.